Karen and Eliza in the morning. Hey everyone, what's going on? This is Eliza and you're listening to the Hangin' with Haney podcast. Today on my show, I am interviewing a very special guest, Aaron Haney. We are going to talk about a variety of topics from community to a documentary on Michael Jordan and a special furry friend. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Hangin' with Haney show. Today, I have my good friend, Eliza Schaefer on. Hello, everyone. Yeah, Eliza, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, so so Eliza and I are friends from UT, uh, particularly the Catholic Center. We met there at an ethics in ministry uh, training workshop. And then we served together on the Longhorn Catholic Council, the LCC, and yeah, we've just been friends ever since. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Aaron was president, and I actually came on as a board member during his presidency. So yeah. Yeah, and now you are the president of the LCC, so congratulations. Yes, thank you. That is right. I am following in your footsteps, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yes, well, well, yeah, well, we're glad to have you on the show. Folks listening at home, today's show is going to be a little different than usual. Eliza has actu- is actually going to be interviewing me for this show, so should be pretty interesting. So I have no idea what exactly is planned, so Eliza in your hands take it away yes thank you i have some some juicy questions here oh so <laughs> i'm excited to get into it yeah okay so aaron the first thing i want to ask you about is school how did the end of school go for you what was that like how was your motivation was it dwindling was it strong were you happy with your grades just tell us a little bit about how school went for you this last semester yes well, yeah, this last semester at CUA, I have to admit, it it went pretty well, but it got more difficult as the semester went on with the transition to online classes. I was honestly falling behind on some of the recorded lectures, but luckily was able to catch up and came come final season just to make that last push, and I ended up doing pretty well. Uh, I passed all my finals exams with actually pretty decent grades. I think I got an A on each one and finished the semester out with a 4.0, so was pretty happy about that, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's impressive considering, you know, how you mentioned falling behind and kind of not being able to keep up with lectures, so... Props to you for kind of being able to pull off that final (laughs) home stretch. Yeah, Very impressive. How about you? How'd you do? 
It was it was good. It was definitely challenging. I am not a tech savvy person, and mm. so it was definitely a struggle for me to kind of figure out online learning. But I made it through, and it's over. And yeah. I think that that's what counts right now. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Nice. So the next thing I kind of wanted to move on to was just this big announcement that I see you had made all over social media and whatnot. This big kind of decision transition in your life with seminary and whatnot and I just kind of wanted to ask you about it and give you a chance to just like explain that to people listening yeah no so uh yeah I have made a pretty sizable life change recently as many of the listeners at home may have heard from previous episodes uh I was a seminarian up in D.C. with the Paulist Fathers, and yeah, just over these last few months, I'd been doing what I went there to do, which was discerning, uh, discerning religious life, and after, you know, much prayer, discussion, and spiritual direction, I've decided not to continue my religious formation, um... And, you know, obviously, I'm going to miss all the guys, all the Paulists, um, but we're still going to keep in touch. And I love those guys, and I'm praying for them and praying for the Paulist mission to bring the gospel to North America. I support that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be hard because I'm definitely going to miss those men. Uh, I enjoyed living in D.C. for the time that I could. It was an amazing experience living outside of Texas for the first time in my life, even though it was only for a few months. Um, and yeah, I just, I have to say, I, I have peace about this decision. Um, I don't know what exactly I'll do now in terms of a job. Uh, I'm in the job market. So if anyone is looking to hire, uh, particularly to do with accounting, finance, um, even, you know, podcasts, videography, photography, please let me know. Hire me. Give me a job. (laughs) Bill Simmons, if you're listening, please. I would love to work for the ringers. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And I love that kind of shameless plug of just yeah if if Aaron you know you're looking for a job so if anyone knows definitely hit him up and you are I know you and you're a very dynamic I think eclectic is a good (laughs) word to describe you and I kind of wanted to ask you would you ever consider starting your own photography business or any other sort of business and how would that look is that something that you would even venture to do or it's just you know talk about that yeah you know it's it's a good question um definitely with in regards to photography i have thought about it in the past uh especially with you know nowadays you can set up you know a free site using wordpress or wix.com and you know you don't even have to do that you can just be purely on social media for the most part um and that would be cool that would be exciting however i just you know there's a lot out there especially nowadays you know the barriers to entry have certainly lowered and there's a lot more people doing it and so you know that's one thing that 
you know, I'm not 100% sure of in regards to photography, but I wouldn't be opposed to starting my own business at some point. But I don't think right now that's kind of the space where I'm in. You know, I definitely think I would like some more work experience, um, especially to pay off student debt, which <laughs> I have to do. Um, and so, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I would be opposed to that. So good yeah. question. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I think that that's interesting. I would definitely support any sort of venture <laughs> and especially you with your McCombs business background. <laughs> I feel like I can see you succeeding in kind of owning your own business, especially if it's something you're passionate about. Speaking of which, I kind of want to talk about one of your other passions, mm. which is cinema. I oh, feel like I just want to yeah. call you Mr. Cinema, Mr. <laughs> TV. You know it all. You you really do. And this next question, it's a hard question. It's going to be a hard question for you. And I need you to answer just the first thing that comes to your mind. I'm going to ask you your top three of something. Okay. And I need you to just go boom, boom, boom. And we can maybe explain and talk about it more afterwards. But I just, I want those initial thoughts, that raw, real thoughts that are coming to you. Okay? Okay. Can I just say for the record, I did not pay Miss Schaefer to say any of those words. <laughs> no. She's being way too too flattering right now and thank you and and yeah thank you but yes let's do the let's do it i'm down okay all right so in this quarantine time not in all time but yes just, quarantine yes starting in quarantine great what are the top three movies that you have seen go okay first one up gemini man with will smith um incredible action movie okay, anyways sorry uh next one uh i'm gonna go with this because just watched it yesterday dirty dancing uh and then another one is uh na, 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 triple frontier na, na, na. netflix <laughs> I had to squeeze in two action movies. Uh, yeah, I think just up those in those are the ones I've kind of watched maybe a little more recently, and so they just came to mind. But mm. those three are my picks. Those are your picks. Okay, so possibly not actually indicative of your top three, but more so those are just the most recent ones that you have seen. Yeah. Well, well, still, those are pretty good. Gemini Man, I think of this whole quarantine, that is definitely one of the best that mm -hmm. I've seen. I mean, just in terms of action. I believe it was Ang Lee who directed it, um, who's an amazing director. Uh, you know, making this kind of soiree into a little more recent action cinema with Will Smith, um, big-time actor, I thought it was really good. They kept the pace moving so well. Some of the fights had a little too much CGI in them. They were a little too ridiculous and futuristic that it took me out for a moment. But for the most part, I thought it had a genuinely interesting story. Um, yeah. So why don't you give us a quick synopsis? Just what is this movie about in like 10 words? Just super quick. Uh young clone of assassin hitman trying to kill him <laughs> was that 10 i, I don't, know. don't know 
that is that's yeah i think it was close okay okay nice and that's stark contrast with that and then you said dirty dancing (laughs) yeah uh interesting yeah dirty dancing i mean that one is just i think a 80s iconic movie through and through i mean you have jennifer gray coming you know off of ferris bueller's day off she played genie the older sister you have patrick swayze who again just in his own right is you know one of the most iconic 80s actors and just actors in general um doing this kind of little quick some you know a few weeks in summer dance routine uh, i'm not gonna spoil the movie but you know coming together and it was just kind of one of those one that mixed kind of fun and dancing with romance um and yeah it's i think the epitome of what you would call a summer fling you know it's just it's it's quick it's fun it's interesting the story you know it has decent development of its characters it's not super deep but it's also not trying to go for that it's only an hour and 40 minutes which is really quick um and i think it you know utilizes those minutes well i think we could have seen they could have maybe used 20 extra minutes but it's okay that they didn't yeah yeah i agree with what you're saying and it's interesting for me because for a long time i had said that this was one of my all-time favorite movies it was really great i remember the first time i watched it as soon as it ended i started it again because i was just i couldn't believe it was already over and i loved it but that was a long time ago so kind of after almost developing my movie palette if you will (laughs) and you know just becoming a little bit more critical Rewatching it recently, I found that I was actually not as impressed with the character mm-hmm. development. Yeah. And it just kind of sparked and ignited something in me of kind of this idea of maybe going on a search for the best chick flick out there, the best mm. 80s chick flick. Because I remember, you know, watching like Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, um, 16 Candles, Can't Buy Me Love, She's All That, all those types of movies. I remember being enamored by them as a young teenager, but kind of, you know, as the years have gone on and growing a little, I'm just, I'm looking for more in movies and I'm looking for that movie that still impresses me today and still kind of stands the test of time. And I'm actually not sure that Dirty Dancing does that for me. So yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, the subject matter, I mean, it deal, it's, it's the characters. I mean, the parents aren't as well developed. The two main characters, you know, baby played by Jennifer Grey and then Johnny played by Patrick Swayze. Their kind of motivations are all right, you know, um, and, and it's like you don't get to see a, a whole lot of like true meaningful love manifest with them, but it does kind of develop somewhat over time. I mean, it has some iconic scenes like that, like once they start going and having a little bit more fun. Um, but that is an interesting topic. Yeah, like what is like a good like chick flick i don't know what what are your thoughts what what is like a good what's one of the best chick flicks that's like both entertaining but is actually like meaningful that's a good question and i think that that actually would take some very intentional research Mm -hmm. and kind of watching 
movies again because a lot of those ones that I mentioned before I haven't seen in a long time. Um, I think Dirty Dancing, I would place it in the middle. I can definitely think of some movies where the ending I just felt had nothing to do with the entire plot. I thought that mm. development was horrible. I think that Dirty Dancing is not that bad. I think that they definitely do an okay job. However, now that I think about it, the movie She's All That, which I don't know if you've heard of. I, I can't mm -hmm. name the actors in it or director or anything. Have you seen it? So is it with Amanda Bynes? No, okay, it's not. No, sorry. it's a bit older. It's a bit older movie. Um, but essentially just this nerdy girl. There's this nerdy girl, kind of has glasses, quiet, likes to paint, and these you know, jock group, and this guy, he, you know, they make a bet, like, oh, you have to go to the dance with, like, this girl who's really mm. nerdy, and he's like, oh, no, what, her, I can't, and the movie's actually really, really sweet, and I don't want to give the ending away, but I just remember that it really touched me, and I think that that might be one that's worth watching again. I don't remember everything about it, but I do remember how it made me feel, and I feel like that's really important. Mm, nice. Yeah. I think one of my favorite chick flicks, just while we're on the topic, yeah. was, well, I don't know if it's necessarily a chick flick, but just a kind of rom-com would be What If? I think it came out in like 2015. It has Daniel Radcliffe, and I believe Zoe Kazan is her last name. Also stars Adam Driver as Daniel Radcliffe's best friend. So kind of in retrospect, watching it again, it's kind of funny seeing Kylo Ren with, give dating advice to Harry Potter. <laughs> um, but that was a pretty interesting one, too. I liked that. And then, um, you know what? I got to say, I don't know if this is, like, colossally one, but, uh, you know, to all the boys I've loved before, mm -hmm. I saw that one. Um, and you know what? I, I wasn't totally, you know, like against it. It was, it was, I think pretty good. I don't, I don't know about the message it tries to portray. I remember watching it and thinking like, okay, you know, this is kind of messy and sometimes irrational, but like, that's what teenage love is like, you know? And so, you know, that one though, I would throw in as maybe a decent contender for a good, a good chick flick. I think that this is a really interesting topic and I love that you brought up to all the boys I've loved before and don't think we have time to get into this now, mm, yeah. but something interesting that might be worth exploring is this kind of comparing and contrasting new chick, fl chick flicks versus old chick flicks. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just think that that might be for another time. Yeah. But kind of in keeping with the topic of, you know, movie, cinema, film, I actually wanted to just bring up community. <laughs> and I just really, I just want you to like, let, let it rip, let it go. Just talk about the show, what it's about, what you love about it. Go. All right. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> Sorry. If I said that too fast, I said six seasons and a movie, which is one of the uh, quotes from the show Community, which I, I've made up my mind. It is my favorite show of all time. It, it is um, this lovable show um, that starred on NBC kind of in this amazing time. It was actually on NBC right around the time where they still had... The Office, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, 
and community, which is just, if you think about that in retrospect, that is incredible that all those shows were happening around the same time. But anyways, I digress. So community is about this um, lawyer who is kind of a good-looking, fast-talker, persuasive person with little to no morals who actually gets caught for not having his law degree and thus has to go to community college in order to try and earn it. it of course, it breaks down a little bit, like, why is he going to community college to get a lot of... Anyways, doesn't matter. But he has to take this Spanish class and um, to, in order to try and date one of the women in his Spanish class, he makes up a fake study group uh, and tells her to meet him there, whereas actually another character, Abed, uh, comes and brings all these misfit ragtag people together, and they have a study group. And by the end of the first episode, they form a community, which is just great because the show title, play on words, you know, community college, but also it is about this community of people. And um, the show is incredible. I know I've said that many times, but the thing about the show is that it's very witty, clever, and it has a lot of reference humor in this. The show has been called very meta because it is. It's self-aware. One of the show's characters, uh, Abed Nadir, played by Danny Pudi, is uh, kind of this kind of fourth wall breaking almost character who kind of thinks that he's in a show, in a TV show, and he mentions it throughout the whole series. And it just references a lot of TV shows. Like, it references Parks and Rec. It references The Office. It references Glee. It references movies. Um, it's awesome just how it plays with it. And Dan Harmon, the show's creator, who also writes Rick and Morty, um, just had an amazing group of writers and an amazing group of uh, actors to play it. The way I can't I, I came into the show was I was actually a fan of Donald Glover as Childish Gambino. This was back in high school, back in 2015. I heard his one of his first songs, Freaks and Geeks, and immediately became enamored with his wit and his cleverness and just his nerdiness, if you will. And then I stumbled upon his uh, stand-up, which was weirdo, what he did, and at the time, he mentions the show in it. He's like, oh, are they going to do Troy and Abed? And I was like, what's Troy and Abed? Um, and then eventually, I just did some more research, and I found this show, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, Donald Glover's in this show. Like, let me watch it for him. And I remember in the summer of 2015, I got my wisdom teeth taken out uh, or maybe it was 2014, I can't remember, but it was before junior year, and I got my wisdom teeth taken out, and at that time, I signed up for a free 30-day trial of Hulu, simply to watch all of Community, and I was hopped up on painkillers, not illegally, but just they made me loopy, and it was just, I went to town, and I watched all five seasons of Community just straight, and it was amazing. It, it, I will never forget that time, even though I still don't remember a lot because I was on painkillers. 
Um, but it was just truly awesome. Um, and I fell in love with the show ever since. Um, and it's really great. And it plays to me because I love movies. I love TV. And so I get a lot of the references. But also, they ha- they mix comedy with truly well, meaningful story, which is great. And that's been a criticism of the show is people say, oh, it's just kind of a lot of homage or parody or just like a lot of gimmicks and like that's pretty much all there is but it's like no like they do all that but that's all simply a backdrop to tell meaningful character driven stories that aren't just like oh let's just do this for whatever random reason they're often tied to communicating something between characters or something that a character is going through now, I have also watched this show. I am currently on season five, and I am nowhere near as insightful as you. But for people who kind of aren't as knowledgeable as you, who are kind of, you know, I I think I just want to give like almost like a lay person perspective, <laughs> if you will, and yeah. vouch for this show in that you know, no, I don't get all of the references and whatnot, and I think that, of course, that would make the experience a thousand times better. However, this show is really good, and something, a word that comes to mind when I think of this show is unpredictable. It's actually very unpredictable, and that's all I'll say about that, because if you do want to watch it, I don't want to give anything away. Um, Also, it's actually very unapologetic, I actually really, really like that about the show. Um, They aren't worried about, like, hurting people's feelings. They're just, they want to say the joke, and they want to say the punchline, and they do it right, and they deliver it right, and I really admire that. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like, like, even when they do that, it's not like offensive, like, South Park, if you will, or something. Like, it's like, no, it's not, like, the point isn't to discriminate against people, which is awesome, and I love that, yeah, unapologetic humor, but also it's, like, within certain boundaries, you know, which is good. It's almost kind of, they do it in a classy way, Yeah, which it's just, it's beautiful, 10 out of 10, recommend, hands down, great show. Yes, yes, so, and I'm glad you brought up your air quotes layperson perspective because that's the other thing I would say is I know I mentioned a lot of references and meta-ness to it but you do not have to be like a huge movie fan to appreciate or enjoy this show but it's just one of those things that it does reward the viewers for knowing stuff which I think is always amazing so yeah yeah well so in Keeping with the topic of TV, I know that we are, you know, in quarantine and that's kind of what people have to do during this time. I wanted to ask you about a very interesting documentary that I know you have been keeping up with. It is about basketball. (laughs) I know nothing about basketball, but I would love for you to just tell people a little spiel on it and go. Yeah, so... Uh, the documentary that Eliza is referencing is The Last Dance, which is a documentary that came out on ESPN2 about Michael Jordan and the 1997-1998 Bulls team. 
and their last season together with uh, MJ, Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. Um, And it kind of tells the story of Michael Jordan's whole basketball career, um, but particularly kind of focusing on that last season because one thing I wasn't truly aware of was just how much contempt and how much strife and like internal struggle there was between that team um you had the bulls who were coming off of back-to-back championships were possibly going to win three in a row for the second time in the same decade um and yet the management uh particularly general manager jerry Krause was getting ready to to blow it all up and say, all right, let's start rebuilding with a whole new team, which, you know, looking back now is just ludicrous. Um, but yeah, and it, it was very interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. So is that why it's called The Last Dance? Because of what that manager said, that after this season, there will be no more. Why, why is it called that? Yes, so that's right. And... Um, the head coach, Phil Jackson, he was kind of famous for making themes for each uh, season. And so this, since this was the last season, uh, Phil Jackson had called it The Last Dance and had been the one to coin that term. And that's what they named the doc after. Mm. Now, I actually got the privilege of watching the last two episodes of this mm. documentary. It is a 10-part series if you will um and I yeah I got to watch the last two episodes which is kind of ironic because I know nothing about basketball it seems like this is something that I wouldn't be interested in but I can honestly say I found it genuinely interesting not only had I not been keeping up with the documentary but again just not interested in basketball yet they did such a good job with explaining and I loved how they told the stories of other players I remember they went into a lot of detail with Steve Kerr and I honestly did not even know who he was and come to find out he actually plays for the Spurs um didn't know that or he used to play for them but I love how they were able to give background not only on Michael Jordan but on other players and I just feel like that made it so much more cohesive and it helped us to understand Michael Jordan's relationship with the other players and just them as a whole team and I loved it I thought it was really really interesting it wasn't oh you just have to know about basketball I also love that they showed a lot of old film of old you know basketball games and I remember watching it and just kind of like being on the edge of my seat like are like are they gonna make the shot are they gonna win the game and even though we're supposed to you know we know what's gonna happen I was still like biting my nails because it was so exciting yeah no same and and like it was funny just like how you know like okay like the bulls win this championship or this game but it's like still you're like oh my gosh this is crazy how close it is and almost how nail-biting it is um and that was i found myself doing the same and just like oh gosh like 
was gonna happen, you know, when they would cut to commercial break, even though it's like, wait a sec, <laughs> like, we know what's gonna happen, so. Yeah. And I also, yeah, like you had said, um, one of the things the doc does is it does tell the player, like, the history of some of the other players, like, they, you know, no spoilers, but they do talk about, yeah, the he- the the starters, such as MJ, Scotty, and uh, Rodman, and I thought that was pretty good how they did that. Um, especially, you know, I'm glad they didn't go too much into that because at some point you're like, all right, we don't need to know everything in the world about you know this this teammate or this teammate, but it's like it gives you enough that it like brings context in. Um, and one kind of criticism criticism I've heard from a few people on it was that how it tells the story it does kind of jump back and forth at times and you know and i can see that at one point they're talking about the 1996 finals and then it jumps back to you know 1987 and it's like people are like ah can they just stay with you know this one season but in the same way knowing the context from previous seasons helps you appreciate more the current situation it's talking about um and I thought it was interesting how this doc is mainly focused on his last season, but yet it's able to tell the story of pretty much his whole um, his whole career, pretty much. Because I've seen another documentary that came out in the 90s or early 2000s. We have it on DVD. My dad bought it for me when I was young. And like that was good. And I felt like, okay, I kind of learned a lot about his career through that. But this, like, also just great job, I have to say. Yeah, I I think it all ties in nicely. And I know one of the things about it was that Michael Jordan, he actually had to approve of everything that would go in it. And, you know, some people can argue that this documentary was not as objective Mm -hmm. as most documentaries. What are kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I totally can see that. And that was one of Ken Burns, who's a famous documentarian. That was his criticism. I was skeptical kind of going into this because I was like, all right, is this going to pre- pretty much be like, a, all right, we just show all the good parts of MJ's career. Um, because the other thing, just sorry, digressing real quick, is that he actually, he they'd had this footage since the 90s. And had just been sitting on it, unused for years now. And it wasn't until the 2016 NBA Finals where LeBron James came back and won against the Golden State Warriors, overcame a 3-1 to series deficit, that MJ was then like, yeah, all right, let's do it. And people have said, you know, yeah, he did it to kind of remind people that he is the greatest player of all time and like to you know try to continue his legacy but also once it came out Michael Jordan said you know not a lot of people are gonna like me after this doc and I was like okay interesting and you know now finishing it you know again without spoilers you know I can see that like he did kind of open himself up to some criticism and some vulnerability um and yeah it shows like yeah he's not just 
the best guy all the time or not like in terms of basketball but in terms of just like maybe some values and some life decisions that he made but for the most part I thought they they tried to keep it as objective as they could obviously there's more there's more subjectivity being that he's the one green lighting this and saying what can be shown and what can't um but i would say they did a decent job of trying to show both sides trying to get other people's perspectives which i admired you know and i admired his openness to kind of coming uh under the magnifying glass i think something else worth noting is the fact that they actually had players from other teams come and be a part of it. I can't remember his name, but I know that there was one player from the Pacers who... Reggie Miller. Yes, who was a big rival, which I was just, I was shocked at. Can you can you comment on that? Yeah, on Reggie Miller and how he essentially was like, yeah, I'm going to be the one to retire Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. And so, and that was just, you know, a kind of, yeah, there was some heated stuff. There was some interesting you know kind of shots fired here and there um i think all within you know completely reasonable competitiveness and rivalry but you know yeah i thought it was good having like those other players like reggie miller um isaiah thomas from the pistons kind of talking about yeah their battles with michael uh and that was very interesting now of course there was a lot of it that they were just like oh, well, you know, Michael light us up and, we, you know, we couldn't do anything. And then, like, it was kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, there there kind of was a lot of, you know, kissing up, you know, and and to it kind of um, because now it kind of is hard to say, like, you know, yeah, Mike, Michael wasn't the king. Like, you can't just really say that. Like, yeah. it's hard to, to come out and it's like, especially looking now at all the old film, you're like, yeah, Michael Jordan, like, if you were playing against him, he pretty much cooked you, you know, like, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you pretty much didn't have much of a shot, you know, except for maybe a few exceptions, I would say. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I think that everything you've said gives really great insight, and I know that you could probably make a whole separate podcast just talking about The Last Dance. Um, but I do want to move on to one last thing. I think that this is probably the most important topic we will talk about. I just want you to shout this out to the people at home listening. Mention a furry friend that you have recently become enamored with. What What's going on with that? I love corgis <laughs> i just i really love dogs i've never owned a dog myself unfortunately um just because yeah parents wouldn't let us have one um but yes i i don't know what it is about them it, it's just their kind of furriness with their short tiny legs and their big heads and big ears but they're just adorable they're amazing. I love corgis, and I want one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Will you ever get one of your own? I I believe so, yes. I currently am, am not living in my own place right now. Uh, currently, you know, moving back to Texas uh, from D.C. But yes, I I want to get one. And when I get on my own... I will be I will be adopting one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, uh, there are lots of other questions that I could ask you. I know that we could keep going. However, I am watching the time, so I think that we have covered a decent amount of topics. Yeah, yeah, no, and I would just like to say, Eliza, I would like to credit you as some of the creative force behind this podcast. Um, many of y'all don't know, but Eliza has, has been here. She was the one who encouraged me to go through with this podcast um and to do it and i'm super grateful to her she has also been the one behind a lot of the ideas you know suggesting things she's the one who helped suggest i should talk to she's the one who put me in touch with madeline the traveling nurse who she's the one who mentioned that i should you know talk to john thomas about you know business and economics um and you know when i was talking to her about the episode with michael she brought up maybe we could talk about food and from that was born barbecue and tacos uh and yeah she has been an amazing help an amazing support and has listened to a lot of the podcasts before i've posted them and given me feedback so eliza thank you so much for all that you do and for all your help i really appreciate it Wow, yeah, you're welcome. And also thank you for your dedication to this. I I do give you, you know, a lot of creative ideas, but at the end of the day, you are the one to execute them and put the work in. And so thank you. And I'm also proud of you for everything you've done with it. Yeah, thanks. Well, here, will you help me sign off? Alrighty, let's do it. Alright, well, I'm Aaron. I'm Eliza. And this is Hanging with Haney. We'll see you next time. Bye.